Well, I was listening to the Schalke America podcast in the lead-up to this game, the lead English-language podcast for Schalke fans out there. And they were certainly calling for Chernilov to be considered for the right-wing role. Blau, weiß sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Shark America. Welcome to Victory Monday. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me, as always, co-host Jack Mangan. How are we feeling, Jack? Pretty good. Pretty damn good. Um, that's a result this past weekend that we perhaps necessarily didn't expect, but desperately needed and uh, puts us in a dangerous position for, you know, our, our emotional well-being because now there's hope once again. <laughs> um, I was on record a couple of weeks ago saying I don't think Shaka's going to get it done. I still, unfortunately, don't think we're going to get it done. I just don't think our offense is consistent enough um, to score the goals we need down the stretch uh, to make things happen. And unfortunately, our defense recently hasn't been quite as good as it was during that lockdown phase initially when we put, like, Fairman in initially and we, got, we brought Morris Jensen. Um, but anyway, point is, great result. Puts us within three points of, I think, like 14th place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. a, a lot of teams within kind of a results distance of each other at the moment. Everything to play for down the stretch with four games remaining. Yeah. I mean, we get three points and we are in 14th place. Uh, we're one point behind Balkum and Stuttgart. We are two points behind Hoffenheim. Uh, but if you look at the schedule going down the stretch, both Balkum and I think Stuttgart have hurt on this play still. Uh, and we have uh, Mainz, Bayern, four top ten Frankfurt, teams in, in the table. Yeah, correct. Uh, so, all fight for um, Europe. Yeah, uh, <sighs> you're not expecting anything from the games against Leipzig and Bayern. Um, and uh, I mean, Mainz and Frankfurt are both significantly better teams than us this season. So, those are probably the two games you're targeting to try to get something from. But let's be honest, we're probably going to need at least one more win. In addition to maybe a couple other results, you know what I mean, in terms of draws and stuff, yeah. um, I, I don't see us getting safe without picking up another win before the end of the season, at least one of them. Um, and you, you look at the schedule, you just don't really know where it comes from at this point. Yeah. Um, early on, uh, well, we put out a tweet. Uh, let's see if I could share it here about asking, you know, how many points would it take for us to go down the stretch and, and survive? How many think of the last four games? How many points do you think we can reasonably get? Uh, and a lot of people are saying four, eighty percent are saying four plus. That's very optimistic. Uh, uh, a few other people say two or three. It's going to be difficult. Uh, I think either way, um, we're asking a lot. I mean, the team is going to have to pull something like they did with Werder Bremen. Uh, you know, getting two goals in the last ten minutes of the game. You're going to need something because you have to pull some results because Mainz are going for Europe. Um, Frankfurt, like I said, top ten. Obviously, Bayern and, and Leipzig are top four are battling for top four. Uh, so. All the play for still. Leipzig are still trying to get in the Champions League spot, so they, you know, they, they would love to get a win. Uh, hopefully, their fate is sealed before they meet us uh, at the end. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna have to figure something out. It's not we get the hardest of the last of the bottom four or five teams. We have the hardest schedule. And we just have to pull miracles out. Last year we didn't make it easy, right? We went on like a six game run or seven game run to end the season to get out or get get up. Uh, so this year we're gonna have to do something special again. I mean, like you said, three points. I'm thinking at least four points. You know, maybe six to kind of to to ensure we we stay up 
That's a lot. That's a tall ask. Cause I don't know where you're gonna get those six points from. Can we beat Byron? Eh, no. Uh, Leipzig. There's a better chance of beating Leipzig than you do have Byron. But uh, yeah, I don't know where we're gonna get these points from. But let's see. I, I'm leaning towards lately uh, more pessimistic than optimistic as I had been. I'm, I'm more in your your camp now. But uh, what if I told you after this game that we would have 19 to 10 shot advantage over our opponents, 10 to one. Uh, shot advantage in corners 11 to 3. You would have thought we dominated the game, huh, Jack? Yeah. Um, from, from those statistics, you certainly would have. That's not really the way the game uh, played all, out ultimately. Um, no. I think no. I think a lot of that, you know, the 10 shots on target and the 19 total, I think a lot of that's sort of danger adjacent from Schalke rather than us yeah. creating a, a, a large volume in terms of XG or anything as well. Um, not a lot of clear cut or like really strong opportunities in that mix, but in terms of at least, you know, having the ball in the opposition final third and, and you know, testing the keeper to some extent. You know, Pavlinka did have some work to do. Yep. Um, and I do think that we, yeah, we were we were much more dangerous than Bremen for the vast majority of this game. If you are just joining us, it is Victory Monday podcast. A waffle, we see you. Happy Victory Monday. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the statistics would tell you that we dominated that game, but uh, it was certainly I like that I like that phrase, danger adjacent, because that's certainly what we were. Um, and looking at the lineup of this one. Um, <clears throat> Obviously, Schwoloff and Gold, not much you can say there. But Matriciani moving over to the right-hand side. Kaminsky and Yoshida in the middle with Urinen on the left. Kraus and Kral back together against Salazar reinserted to the starting 11 with Kataman and Bulter. And then, of course, Simon Toroto up top. Thoughts on the lineup uh, heading into this one? Um, You know, it's 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 Urinen at left back still. We talked about that. It, it's difficult to kind of demand Oweon in place of Urinen, given how you know, not convincing Oweon's been. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Kaminsky, Matriciani, neither of those guys are really first choice uh, players back there for us. So in terms of a back four, it's not ideal. And and then you have Schwallow back there as well. So on paper, you're not liking the stability at the back. Uh, the rest of the lineup, although, is, is largely pretty strong. Um, sure, if you want to put somebody else uh, up top instead of Torada, I totally understand that at this point. I, I'm not going to make an argument for Torada being yeah. an old, but Bolter, Salazar, Kraus, Kral, uh, I think are all players that we want to see uh, more often than not. Really, the only disappointment or question mark is just Karaman because, you know, far too often he's unconvincing and doesn't do a whole lot. I thought that was largely the case today. He had one or two nights <clears throat> in this game where he, you know, played a good ball. And the second half, he whipped one into to Salazar in the box that kind of resulted in, in Pavlenka having to get low and make a good save. So that was one of Karaman's better moments. But largely, once again, kind of anonymous and effectual, a little bit off the pace. Um and unfortunately, I thought Bolter, his counterpart in this game, was actually pretty poor as well. Uh, Bolter, not particularly good in passing. A lot of his crosses were kind of aimless. Um, but uh, yeah, so kind of a mixed bag here in terms of uh, both the strength of the lineup and then also some of the performances uh, relative to what you'd expect. But, um, yeah. you know, not bad. It, we know what the injury situation is. We know what we're getting into at this point in the season. Yeah, this is something like eight eight or nine injuries or something like that, right? At the moment, which is crazy. We just got Seb Vandenberg back. He's back. He was back in the um in the, in the on the bench as a Sebastian Poulter. I didn't realize he was out with an ACL injury. I knew he was out with an injury. I knew he had a kid as well. And so he had to take some time off. I guess it's fortuitous for him that he had an ACL plus a kid at the same time. So I got to spend some time with family. But he's back at the bench. Just literally he's been back only for a week and a half in training. So uh, he's really fresh off the bench. Um Tobias Moore back in on the bench as well. And then uh Obviously, with Sholoff and goal, uh, you need to have a backup and Michel Langer back in there as well. So, yeah, interesting lineup. I thought Yoshida and Kaminsky did did decently together for the most part. Uh, we'll talk about what happened late that nearly cost them. But um, 
And Salazar reinserted into the starting 11. I wanted to see more of him. We saw some good performances in the super sub role, but it seems like when he start, whenever he started, he didn't really bring anything to us. And I thought in this game, I thought he actually did was one of his more livelier games. I don't know if it was a good game, but he was lively because he was constantly involved with you know, crosses and stuff like that. Um, it seems like... Go ahead, please. You got a comment on No, yeah, it was weird. So I, I, I criticized Bolter for being pretty wasteful in this yeah. game. I think Salazar was... Um, equally wasteful in a lot of ways he w- he did not have an efficient day moving the ball in terms of you know pass completion and how often he was um turning the ball over but i do think in, in, the stuff that he did complete was significantly more dangerous and creative than than bolter and salazar i think was still um you know despite kind of like a sort of mixed bag overall um most of our better moments he was involved in one way or another I felt like, or at least a lot of them, especially down the stretch. And he was kind of the one that was once again looking to, to create more more things out of nothing and, and give us kind of the spark that we need sometimes when we're struggling to, to to break teams down. Yeah, one of the more notable plays in the game, I think, is when the Salazar fed that nice through ball that found Kataman on almost like a breakaway. Unfortunately, the shot was awry, but uh, it was a good good lead-out pass by Salazar and kind of found him in stride as well. Um Looking over at the uh, lineup for, um, I was going to say Hertha, uh, for Verda Bremen. Uh, in goal, Pavlenka, you mentioned him already. Uh, he's a solid Bundesliga goalkeeper. Uh, one with the back three of Friedel, who kind of was man-marking Toroda, it seemed like. Stark, uh, Vilkovic, mid- midfield five, I guess you want to call it, or six. Uh, yeah, midfield five. Jung, Staga, Gross, Bittencourt, and Wieser, Michel Wieser, and, and Bittencourt, two guys who notoriously... Um, plague us every time we play them it seems they always do something to do something against us and then up top dukes marvin dukes who always seems to do well didn't even hatch against us last time i think uh he's a he's a fantastic player him and full crew together were our dynamic duo they were last year in the Svita league and they are this year as well uh no full crew because he's still out injured so maximilian philip uh took his place who's who's pretty quiet in this game i thought um thoughts on the starting 11 i mean obviously the the danger man would have to be dukes bittencourt and visor right uh yeah actually 100 agreement for me uh on that yeah i mean like as you said with full crew out it, it really is marvin dukes that you're looking up up top um and really no one else he's having a, a, a strong season um and that's why the way the first goal ended up happening was as frustrating as it was which we'll get to but yeah but outside of that uh bitten court yeah so a name that we that we've seen a lot of and somebody as you said who's heard us in the past um yeah a three five two here from from bremen depending on the phase in possession a lot of times sometimes it was more of a th- like a three four three because uh, Bittencourt would kind of push up and do kind of a narrow front three uh, with Dush and Phillip, it seemed like sometimes um, when they had the ball and were kind of building. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then Mitchell Visor, you know, he, he can move the ball on the ground as well, you know, despite being like kind of an outside wing back player, like, you know, pretty good in the build up and, and um, has a shot on him too. He's, he, he's a he's a pretty versatile and dangerous player. He's somebody who's got to keep an eye on when you're playing against them. You're on mute, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still uh, learning how to do this thing here. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, one player, in particular Marvin Dukes, uh, not only is he a fantastic player, but his whole family is a Dortmund, Dortmund supporters, and uh, he took great joy in celebrating in front of our Nord Curve after uh, when his goal scored. But I thought the game, before we get to the goal, I thought the game started out pretty lively. I think Schalke had some opportunities early. I thought Werder had some opportunities as well. Good back and forth, I thought. Uh, and then they kind of caught us on a play where everyone was over committing, I think, uh, and everyone was sh- ball watching and kind of shading over. You saw uh, Yoshida and Kaminsky kind of shade over. You saw Orden kind of slack on the defensive back backtracking as well as crawl. 
And wonderful passing by Werder Bremen led to Dukes kind of one time and, and placing it past uh, Schwola for the for the early goal. But I thought up to that point we were doing fairly well uh, in you know in terms of chances created and possession. Thoughts uh, how we played up to that point and then the goal that happened obviously. Um, I guess I would disagree slightly. Um, I, I just felt like there were a couple moments even before that goal where we looked like we were switched off a little bit defensively and mm, they didn't necessarily yeah. get shots from it, but like there were a couple passes here and there that were a little bit way too, like too incisive, far too easily okay. and just looked like we weren't really locked in. Yeah. And this is what was frustrating about this goal is that like, it was, I'm not saying that I like, you know, like called it in advance, but the second Kaminsky, as this play is developing, Duke just kind of on like the, you know, the, the top kind of near the end line and Kaminsky's ostensibly marking him. Yes. And Yoshida is a little bit further down marking um, Philip or somebody else, potentially. Yeah. Kaminsky just sort of drifts off of Marvin Dosh and never shoulder checks once ever again. And he just kind of starts drifting and gets pulled into the play as he's ball watching. Yeah. The second Kaminsky drifts off him, I'm just watching Dukes the entire time, seeing if anyone's going to pick him up. No one does. Crawl's tracking back. He kind of points at a couple different people. Yeah. To like, you know, mark somebody, but he doesn't really hustle back. And then the person that I think, in addition, as you shouted out too, is Erin, who probably sees the entirety of the situation better than anybody else because of where he is on the pitch. He can see Kaminsky losing Marvin, you know, but he gets kind of caught ball watching too and doesn't track back as close as he could. Yeah. And there was a point where he easily could have gotten onto yes. Marvin Dux if he wanted to. He was close enough and he let him drift away. So to me, it's just like, three or four different people kind of ball watching and not really yep. paying attention. And it's so frustrating. Cause as we said, like, you know, that Marvin Dukes is, is like the danger man that like, that is the guy that you want to put <laughs> a body on and keep track of in the final third and to like, you know, 16, 17 minutes in the game, whatever it is, leave him that wide open with just a couple quick passes. That was really frustrating to me. I thought that was really poor and just way too easy for them to, uh, to, to score. So I was pretty frustrated at that point. Cause I was like, these are not, these are the kind of goals you can't concede. Uh, if you're trying, like it has to be a little bit better than that. You got to make him work a little bit harder than that. That's just like you ignoring the most dangerous man on the pitch and letting him do whatever he wants. It's it's, it's not good enough. It's like the fight the league of defense against Simo Torre last year, right? Um, yeah, I, 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 it was a frustrating play. And shout out to William. I see you in the chat there. Um, it's a frustrating play to watch because you said, like you said, you watch the play develop. You're like, I see what's happening. Why does nobody else see what's happening? And like, like I said, there's guys like Urnan and a couple other guys who are just ball watching, not paying attention. They had the opportunity to, to get in there. And it almost seemed like a set play. Like you said, you kind of saw this play was going to come. Obviously, Verde Bremen knew this was gonna, they were going to try for this because not only did they do it then and score, they tried it just before halftime. They tried it again just after halftime. Luckily, both times, uh, first the, the one uh, just before halftime, Michel Weiser just luckily shot it wide because that would have been that was the exact same play that Duke scored on. And then just after halftime, uh, they tried it again, but this time it was snuffed out by Yoshida. But yeah, it was a frustrating play, and it seemed like that they knew that weakness that we had, that we were our commitment going back wasn't the greatest, and they took full advantage of it. And, and credit to Marvin Duke doing what he's going to do, and he's going to put the ball away. He just slid it in there past Schwoloff. I don't think Schwoloff really had a chance of that at, just because of the pace it came in. Um, it was a tic tac toe play. Marvin Duke one timed it, it wasn't like he settled it down and shot it. Oh, for sure. I am pleased pleased to say that Shvilov is not in any way, shape, or form responsible for that yeah. goal um, yeah. because that's happened far too often, but I cannot fault him whatsoever. That was just a defensive breakdown. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, and especially in a must-win game, that's that's unexcusable, I think, especially the one guy you have to kind of guard and you can't. Um, so go down one nothing early, you're like, oh, here we go. It's, it's, it's the season again. It's it's pretty much saying goodbye to the, to the season. Um, 
and we kind of didn't really react I, I guess we slowly started building to the game i think right i think I, I think more than us reacting i think i think bremen just backed off after they scored that yeah and really stopped statistics will tell you that too look at the statistics yeah right? they really stopped trying to do a whole lot and they just kind of started absorbing the pressure a lot um i think we did a little bit better of a job of kind of getting into wide areas like i think Ernan came into the game a little bit more on the offensive after well. that happened in yeah. whipping some balls in and kind of exploiting those areas in the final third i thought we did a better job of that yeah. um but in general it was it was mostly just bremen kind of giving us that possession and yeah. Same kind of thing as always. Once we get to the final third, then if it's not a transition moment, then we're kind of like looking around and don't really know what to do and have no kind of, you know, repeatable patterns or way that we really break opponents down that often. So, um, and that's where I thought that like, you know, uh, Bolter struggled a little bit today. Um, yeah. So many moments for Bolter. And this is actually, even when he plays well, sometimes like he'll, he'll, he'll pick his head up and he's looking at the box and he's got at least two, possibly three different people that he can play to that are like reasonably well open. And he'll play a ball that goes to none of them. Yeah. Like, like literally, like not anywhere near anybody. And it's yeah. like shocking that he can like mishit these things so bad because he kind of whips them low with a lot of pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes he's better than others today. I thought like most of what he was trying was just not coming off, but um, obviously still put in the effort, still gets on the ball and gets into those dangerous areas, which is something you can applaud. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if if, if Keenan Caramon is more effective than you. In a game that's usually not a great sign. <laughs> but I mean, and Bolter is a guy that scored nine goals this season. He's like, you know, without him, we'd be dead and buried already. Yeah. You know, if he hadn't yeah. stepped up, because Torada hasn't really had the uh, the return that we needed. No, no, not at all. And um, words for that matter. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not not at all. And what does it say, right? Because you even said this before. Like, we 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 don't have confidence in our own offense to score goals. And Werder Bremen basically said, you know what? We're not gonna take shots anymore. Why don't you come and we dare you to try to score against us? We we are so confident you're not gonna score against us. We're not even taking shots anymore. We're just come on, bring it, bring it. And for the most part, they kind of held us back because we couldn't really finish in that final third. We weren't incisive, like you said, uh, in the final third. Yeah, we started pushing up more and more. Uh, but shots getting started getting wide. When we did get on target, Pavlenka did come up big a couple times, right? Um, and then we started started building the game slowly and slowly. Uh, possession started getting heavy on our side. Corners, I mean, we had uh, first time we had that big of that many advantage in corner kicks versus the opponent in a long time. Even against Hertha Berlin, uh, we didn't have that, that great of an advantage. Um, you know, lots of shots, but really ineffective shots. And it really wasn't until you know we made a mass substitutions in the seventy fifth minute we started seeing a little bit more more attacking. You you took off Toronto and a bunch of other guys. Drexler comes on. You know, funny that your man of the match comes on and only plays fifteen minutes. Uh, says a lot about the rest of the team, I guess. You know, it goes to show what you know what you talk about with Bolter not really doing anything in in the game. Because we kind of switched shape then, didn't we? I mean, did, would you agree? Yeah. So we, I, I think we started off kind of like in a four-two-three-one, and then ultimately, like when like Drexler Vanderberg came, like came a, in, it was three back. It went through three back, right? And Drexler became like a right wing back, like opposite yes. um, Oian, which was like a weird position for him to be playing. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, did well there, um, offensively and defensively. Uh, yeah, and Oyan yeah, was enough. pushing up. Oyan replaced Bulter, and so he was pushed up really way up high too. Um, and it's funny because like the play kind of, it's funny with the, watch the goal that happened. You know, it, it, the ball comes in and bounces out. Vertebrae tries to clear it out because I think it was trying to go to Bulter, and, and the defender knocks it out. Falls right to Seth Vandenberg, and it wasn't the greatest shot in the world. It was not powerful at all, but it was really well placed. And it bounced in front of Pavelka, and he just just missed it because he was on the other side of the goal, trying to reach all the way across. And he's a big guy, and he still missed it. Uh, so well, kudos to Seth Vandenberg for just getting the ball on target. That's all we ask, right? Get the ball on target. Things might happen. 
I mean, like, look, and this is the kind of luck that often doesn't go your way when you're in the relegation fight, and the kind of thing we just kind of need to have happen for us, you know, a couple more times. Uh, this was a freak play. You have a guy like Seb Vandenberg, who you know we bring in early in the season to provide not only some depth, but like he was he was intended to be a starter at the time, essentially. Um, uh, you know, next to next to Yoshida, yeah. plays what three or four games before he goes down to injury, and we lose him immediately. Um, and then. He gets healthy just in time as Morris Jens is going down for him to come in this game off the bench and scores a goal from outside the box. Like the most random thing. Um, it comes in off of a throw in that, yeah. you know, is like deeper in the box, gets headed out to the edge. When you watch it live, to me, it didn't even look like he was trying to shoot. It looked like he was just trying to beat his man to it and kind of get yeah. his foot on it. When you watch the replays, it does actually kind of look a little bit more like a shot, but it's sort of an awkward shot in, in motion. And, you know, he just somehow found a way to place it. I don't think Pavlinka saw it initially. Yeah. Um. So he reacts a little bit late. Um. And uh, yeah, just kind of a freak play, but props to Sepp. I mean, I know this has been a tough loan for him when he gets hurt and um. <laughs> Yeah, huge goal in a huge moment. He was, you know, he was smiling and it was, you know, it was a fun moment. So that, yeah, that was like got us back into the game. And then, you know, the last, you know, 10 minutes after that, I felt like we're kind of more end to end. Brayman came yeah. out, looked like they were trying to get back and, and win the game a little they bit. They woke and, up. Yeah, they woke up yeah, after that. Yeah, for sure. And then, it, then at that point, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're in it. You're in it to win it at that point. And even the announcers were like, they kept saying, like, oh, yeah, maybe Shaw can get a win here. But, you know, like, oh, Bre Bremen, they're going to look for the counterattack here because Shaka's really going to go for the win, and, and Bremen's going to give it an opportunity. Um, but, uh, yeah, seeing Vandenberg score like that made it 1-1. And like I said, Werder Bremen finally woke up like, okay, well, I guess we have to play now. Uh, and they started they started playing, and, yeah, like I said, end-to-end -end stuff. And Drexler, man of the match, performance just for the sequence alone, and I think that's the reason why he got it. Uh, first minute stoppage time, um, Yoshida, who was pretty solid all game long, made this horrible mistake. Plays around with it in, in in his own in his own end, loses the ball to Dux. He goes, to, I guess his guy Kaminsky was screened or whatever, and he got free shot. It would have gone a goal if you look where look where Shvolov was. He was not going to get that ball. Um, luckily, Drexler got in the way, hit him in the chest, stopped that play. Lo and behold, the play goes down to the other end after a couple couple seconds, and Drexler. I mean, first of all. Kamensky, beautiful pass over the top to find uh, who the heck was that? Um, Salazar, right? Salazar and Salazar, cheeky ball over the top, perfectly weighted. Drexler, wonderful first touch. You know, didn't really fall where he wanted, but didn't lose the ball and then yeah. put the ball right past the keeper. Wonderful way to win it. And he was like, "Was I offside? Like, did that happen?" <laughs> he didn't really celebrate at the beginning, but then eventually, he you know, the ball never got called back. Uh, he kind of celebrated. They, they went crazy. But uh, Drexler, unsung hero, as we said on this podcast so many times, but he finds a way to come up with one or two big moments sometimes that are uh, that are impactful, and they don't always directly affect the result to the extent they did today. But yeah, um, yeah, as you said, clearly saved a goal um, on, on the back end. It is a bad mistake from Yoshida. Um, you know, you have two Brayman players. I forgot who actually picked it up, but they're kind of moving the opposite direction in the box, and he back yeah. heels it into the path of Dukes, just kind of wrapping around. Yeah. And then suddenly he's got half a goal that's open like, up for shit. him, and he's gonna hit on his left foot. And, and Drexler just kind of reacts to it in time and comes sliding over and is able yeah. to get his body in the way because yeah, it, it was questionable as to whether Narchvalov was gonna find a way to get there. So that was almost certainly a goal serving play. And then. Yeah, you know, Salazar, as I said, you know, wasn't the most efficient, was was wasteful at times, but the ball that he ultimately plays to Drexler, he tried it something similar a couple different times to other players. There was one time that Caramon yeah. missed it by a little yeah. bit, and some other players just couldn't quite, you know, Toronto, whoever couldn't couldn't execute it. 
um, Drexler is actually the one that makes the run first and is calling for it. He's pointing in behind and Salazar sees it, plays it over. Like you said, it's not yeah. perfectly weighted and, and it's kind of awkward at first. And Drexler has to get his feet reset, but um, he has enough time to do that and ultimately gets gets it past Pavlenka and um, unreal. Yeah. I mean, incredible super sub performance. And, and once again, like say what you want about, about, you know, Salazar, if he's tired sometimes over the course of 90 minutes, but like how many times is he the guy that's involved in creating something or doing something like he's just so important. Like we got to find a way to get him involved more often than not. And yeah, you love seeing Drexler find a way to get involved too, you know, particularly in a game like this where like Bolter and people, like I said, weren't as effective as they otherwise might be Um, huge performance. And uh, yeah, it kind of felt like we stole it. Um, it, Well, didn't feel like the most deserved result, but yeah, I do Take think it. we were the better team in the second half. Yes. And um on the whole, I don't know if Brayman can complain that much. They didn't they didn't offer a lot going forward. You know, it was really kind of that one play. It was the only shot on target they had was the goal. And then yeah, and they dared Chaka to attack and Chaka finally did, you know. Yeah. So I mean, like and I wonder if there's any correlation. I gotta go back and look at the statistics, but I wonder if Salazar just plays better at home and feeds off that crowd. Maybe maybe Drexler's the guy you want to put on the road because uh, he seems to be better in that kind of environment. But I don't know. But either way, both players seem to do well on the, in the sub on the sub role. You need to have one of them start for sure. So uh, though ideally, I think we want both of them to start. You know, if one of them is going to come off the bench, you know, you're going to have a good performance from them when they do come off the bench. And obviously, Drexler brought that. And as you mentioned, Salazar, as he did last year, he came up with some huge moments that really kind of for forced us to, to get promoted with his play i mean it could be the same here if he could it brings more of that in the last four games it's possible i was it's talking possible. to ethan at tedesco time about this um during the game weekend i i could be making this up i feel like drexler scored an almost identical goal either late last season when we needed it or maybe earlier this season but like he made the exact same run in behind and received a ball over the top and finished it off and now I have to go back and find that because I forgot I, about bring it I, up. But yeah, but like, I think it was last year. But like it's it's a play that he's made before, so it's clearly something that like you know he he yeah. he's capable of doing that kind of stuff. And when you have a player like Drexler that can be aware, I mean uh, Salazar that's aware of that, and can take advantage of it. Um, yeah, it's nice to see those two on the pitch combining. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I feel like it was last year because I remember looking at the highlight video we we made. Um, I remember seeing that goal that happened. So well, let's go back and look. But yeah, yeah, it uh, felt almost identical to this one. It did. And I think it might have been Salazar as well that time, too. It was either him or Oyan. Those are the two guys who really uh, contributed to the assist last year for us. So, yeah, 2-1, a much-needed victory. I mean, we needed the victory, especially because uh, Stuttgart had won on Friday night. Um, they had beaten – who did they beat? Welcome uh, Drew Dortmund. Freaking Dortmund can't do anything. They're bottling this title, which I'm, ha- I'm happy about, but not the team that they're bottling to. Stuttgart won as well against Gladbach. Uh, so we needed to get the result. Um, luckily, Hoffenheim lost. And hurt the loss as well, but two uh, one big victory. And Mainz, they did lose this way, this past weekend to Wolfsburg. Just saying, they're not invincible. Yeah, I mean, no one's invincible. Anything Bayern haven't been Bayern, Bayern not, of yeah. late, obviously, because they they panicked and you know <laughs> brought in Tuchel for no reason. It's that dormant um, DNA on both teams, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, look, we we have nothing to lose. We're still in the relegation zone right now, the automatic relegation places. Um, we just have to go for the win. And, uh, you know, are we going to do it? Probably not. But, you know, we have teams around us that aren't aren't super convincing. God, imagine if we had beaten Hoffenheim, right? And that's why we were so upset when that happened because we, we beat Hertha. And We'd Hoffenheim, be where they are. we thought, was, was more likely, you know, to pick up than this Bremen result. And we knew that, like, once we – once we had lost that one, that we we weren't likely to pick up that many more results over the course of the season with, you know, with Freiburg and – in Bayern and in Leipzig waiting, plus, yeah. you know, Mainz and Frankfurt. So, yeah, I'd imagine if we had had that Hoffenheim win, but 
huge that we find a way to pick this one up against Bremen gives us renewed hope. I mean, if we hadn't gotten the win here, then I think, you know, once again, still not mathematically done, but I think it's even more likely that it would be over. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities because we saw some of the results Stuttgart have pulled off in this last several weeks, probably four weeks. They've beaten some top name teams, um, so it's possible. We just have to score more, I think, and and stop other teams from scoring. We, we give up blatantly open plays to the best player on the opposition. You're not going to get many wins in the, in this league, and and we got fortunate this weekend where we 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 ended up getting two late goals, so crazy comeback to win that. But you know, we go. Uh, the next game is at Mainz, I believe. Uh, let me look at the schedule right here. I pulled it up here. Uh, so, where are we? Where are we? All right. So, yeah, at Mainz. And then we go at Bayern. Home with uh, Eintracht. This is the last game of the season for us at home. And then at Leipzig. So, three of the last four games on the road. We're going to have to cook something. I mean, we're going to have to pull. Um, we're gonna, to survive, we have to pull some pull something out of our ass. And I think minimum, like you said, maybe four points. But I, I'm I'm thinking even six points you need at least. The way- oh, I think I think you're right for sure. All I was saying was like, I mean, we have to get at least one actual win. Like we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna oh, yeah, yeah. you know get safe on on a series of draws or something like that. Like we have to find a way to get I think at least a win and one other result. If we can yeah. get two wins and a draw or something like that, that'd be huge. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's not gonna be easy. I think two wins we're in. But uh, that's that's a big it's a big if. But it is the offense. That's that's the thing that worries me the most. Is I think we're the we're the only team that I think doesn't have at least one goal per game this season. Yeah. Um. What we've played thirty matches, we have twenty eight goals. That's the worst goal scoring record in the Bundesliga. It's like five worse than Bochum. Um. And uh. Yeah. And then obviously defense, we've been much better second half of the season, but we're not good there either. And we've had you know good teams blow us out sometimes. So yeah, we just got to find. I don't know. It, it's got to come from somewhere. I hope it comes from Torada randomly finding some form, you know. And we have like Zalatar and Bolts are healthy down the stretch. And we're yeah. able to find a way to make some stuff happen. But we'll see. It would be nice. And the other thing we got to go for us, which doesn't really mean anything, is Eintracht pretty much are playing for nothing at this point. They're still kind of close to the European spots, but you know it depends how the next two weeks go, I guess, for them. So let's see. I mean, it's four games. Um, not going to be easy by any stretch. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it Schalke's way. It's going to be the, the difficult pain in the ass way that's going to give everyone a heart attack, um, which, which was last year. And it always seems to be this way. So we'll see. It's I, I'm not optimistic like you. Um, I've kind of resigned myself to say, okay, it's not going to happen. But I will gladly take results like we just saw this past weekend because I didn't – when Dux scored, I, I didn't think we were going to score that game. And we got two late goals. So we need more of that, please. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll take it. Well, we can get it. I'll have my celebratory Veltons, uh, you know, to be a Shaco sponsor. And uh, yeah, onwards and upwards from here, or maybe downwards. We'll find out. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And yeah. now I'm fully invested in Shaco surviving after I didn't think that was going to happen. And just when you thought you were out, something else pulls you in. And that name is Darko Turlinoff. Do we remember mm-hmm. his name, Jack? Um, Good old friend of ours, a really good friend of Rodrigo Salazar, uh, and uh, Shaka Twitter went abuzz this weekend when uh, Rodrigo Salazar greeted Darko Cherlinov at the airport, uh, and it reminded me of the little uh, the little meme we see of the two little boys, you know, coming and hugging each other after they had seen it for a long time. Uh, that's what it reminded me of, and everyone's like, "Oh, is Cherlinov coming back?" And rumors were saying that Rice and Kanabo were going to meet with Cherlinov and trying to get things done. Um, not so fast. It's still a lot to be done. You know, it's money that we don't necessarily have. Uh, but um, 
Andreas Ernst was has been on top of as he always is, and uh, his latest comments about that was that uh, despite all their euphoria, Canabo and Rice did not have an appointment with him, him being Sherlin off yesterday by phone or in person. It stays the same. Change is likely, but there are still minor hurdles to overcome between um, um, was it Burnley where he's playing that right now and 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 Schalke. So uh, it would be nice because I think Salats are part of the reason. He did so well last year because he had his best friend there and they have really great chemistry together. Uh, even though Charlotte didn't necessarily play a substantial amount of games, he played enough. And I think this having him there, having someone that you're you're very comfortable with helps a but lot. Trillanoff down the stretch was an X factor. He was. I mean, big time. Um, he was huge. Uh, we also have that James Thurgood uh, clip of him saying he was listening to Shalk America with us calling for Trillanoff before Trillanoff scored that weekend, which is great. Yeah. I would love to see Trillanoff back. I think he helps us in either league. I think he would be, I think he would have been a contributor this season in the Bundesliga, particularly when you look at some of the people that we've tested out over the course of the season with our wing play. I mean, whether it's um, you know Jordan Larson or Karaman or Skarka yeah. or you know whoever. I mean, obviously Skarka had a big performance a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But in general, hadn't been great on this loan move so far. The opportunity he's had Tobias Moore. I mean, remember him? He was on the bench in this game against Bremen. Like he hasn't. I mean, so I think Chirinov would have been huge for us this season. Yeah, if we can afford him. Um, yeah, I say definitely bring it back. I, I'm skeptical <laughs> as to whether he's gonna come back to us in the second division. But maybe he would. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to see it. Yeah, anything we can do to kind of keep Salazar happy too, and I and think form is great. I think there's a better chance Salazar stays with us if Chirinov comes to Chalka. If he doesn't come, Salazar, I, I can see Salazar wanting to stay in the Bundesliga or maybe say another top division uh, team somewhere uh, versus go back to the se- second division, uh, despite how much he loves the club. But I think if you have Sherlock off there, it kind of entices him like, hey, I'll, I'll give it another go. Why not? Let's give it a try. And I got my best friend there. Why not? Uh, especially if it's like a permanent deal. So uh, we'll see. Got to keep an eye on that. Um, this may be having Sherlock off there but by Salazar's side, you know. Uh, his bestie there that uh, maybe down the stretch we see some huge performances by Salazar, which I would love to see, right? Uh, four games to go, and if Trilonov, uh, excuse me, Salazar has uh, an explosion of a, of a run here, four catches form and scores some goals or gets some assists, I will gladly take it, and I will I will try to I will try to sign Trilonov myself if I could. Got to crowdfund those transfers. That's right. That's right. We start the uh, the crowdfund on uh, Shaka America Discord here and see what we can get. <laughs> I do uh, one U.S. dollar to the cause. There you go. Uh, anything else we got to talk about tonight? I... No, I don't think so. Let's just keep it short and sweet and appreciate the uh, what could be the final positive result for us this season. I hope not. Um, but, you know, coming down to the end here, this is the home stretch. Ooh, it sure is. Got to stock up on my uh, angry tree here so we can uh, – my uh, angry orchard so we can get uh, a nice run here by Bolter down the stretch. Uh, Matt, I agree with you. Having a player who truly wants to be here and repeatedly shows it is a big plus. 100% agree. Uh, but yeah, uh, four big games to go. Let's see what we can go. Let's take care of minds first. One game at a time. That's all we can do uh, down the stretch. Jack, uh, anything to shout out tonight? Uh, shout out Klaasian Huntelar, the hunter yeah. in the audience, perhaps spurring us on to victory as our sort of spiritual talisman yeah. uh, up there from the box. So uh, nice to see him back in the Belton's Arena. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and then uh, shout out to everyone, in, obviously, in the chat and listens to our podcast week in and week out. We truly appreciate it. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Matt agrees with your comment about Huntelar. You can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N if you like, uh, but follow Shalk America at Shalk America on Twitter, Instagram, 
Facebook. Uh, definitely here on YouTube. Subscribe, like, like the video. We'd much appreciate it. Go to shockamerica.com and uh, check out some of the stuff we got going on there. Try to write some uh, pre and post match uh, press conference transcriptions, I guess, and uh, any uh, odd topics we want to do there. And obviously, if you haven't done so yet, join us on the Shaka Discord as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Let's uh, get another dub against Mainz. Much needed. We have to. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But let's let's get it done. For Jack, for myself, for Shock America, we bid you go golf. Thank <laughs> you.